We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pen, hard at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi, my name is John Rampton with Marketing Nerds by SEJ. Today I am joined by JP Sherman from Red Hat. How's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. Hey, um, th- thanks for being on the show today. Now, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? You know, kind of a uh, little bit how you're in the industry, you know, a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. Um, actually, my, my entry into search marketing was a really weird event. Um, I was in the U.S. Army. I was in the U.S. Army um, Psychological Operations, and we were trying to disseminate information on malaria prevention and uh, landmine awareness in different countries. My commander said, JP, do you know the Internet? I said, well, yeah, I know the Internet. And he goes, well, I need you to put together a presentation to the colonel, and this is back in 1998, on how we can reach uh, target audiences in Southeast Asia (laughs) via the Internet. And you have a week to figure it out. And all of a sudden, it's, it's just like combined my love of technology and semantics, and I was hooked from that, that point on. Yeah. Um, I got into some agency work in North Carolina, um, and I've done some in-house stuff. I've done agency stuff, and, and I ended up at Red Hat focusing on a really interesting subset of search marketing of internal or on-site search yeah. and how you can do better with that. Hmm. Excellent. Um, now, today I want to just kind of jump into what, uh, I want to talk a little bit about internal search. Yes. And what's going on in that industry, how it's impacting the websites out there. So can you tell us a little bit about the industry as a whole, what's happening and what you're seeing? Yeah, actually, internal search or on-site search, I'll just use the term internal search because that's kind of what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Um, really started taking off as an interesting subject after, really focusing after Google stopped providing keyword data. Mm-hmm. And because there was such a fire hose of great keyword information coming from Google, people got really dependent upon those keywords and really kind of ignored the keywords that, or the queries that were being performed on their own sites. Yeah. So after that fire hose got cut off, there was a little bit of panic and a little bit of scramble, and people started realizing that people have been searching on their own sites for such a long time, mm-hmm. yep. and they didn't quite know what to do with it. And so... Um, one of the interesting things was I was working for a company that was building our own search engine for video games. So I got brought on to actually build um, the keyword relevancy, the ranking, performance tuning, um, and really interesting things about that side. And it became very, very interesting to me and very, and it was another kind of one of those eureka moments. I discovered that I really liked this stuff and it was really cool. And it was something that not a lot of people were talking about. So after that, after that job, I started getting really deep into internal search and looking at ways that we can tie the queries on the site to conversions, events, actions, and then even going a little bit deeper into how people search locally, how people search seasonally, and being able to tie that information into some really interesting tactics and actionable information. Yeah. Now, when I'm searching internally on a, on a site, what data points should the business be paying attention to? That's a really good question. Um, most often, I, I really, I've found that internal search is re- kind of overlooked in a lot of e-commerce and even publishing companies. So obviously there's 
what was searched. You know, you got to know the keyword. But there's a lot of other interesting uh, factors in analyzing internal search, such as you want to know the time it takes between query and consumption. Um, how, how, how long does it take for a person to find the content that they're looking for? And by reducing that time, you make people happier because they find what they want faster. Yeah. Um, that's a metric that is <clears throat> that I haven't seen a lot of people really kind of focusing on. Another really interesting metric that I'm using is location. To give you a really good example, um, there was, you know, in one of my projects, I found that people in Los Angeles were looking for road bikes. About 10 miles away in uh, Topanga, people were looking for mountain bikes. In Ohio, people were looking for cruising bikes. And so we started gathering that location-based data, tying them to specific internal searches, and then we were able to bias the results. So if somebody in Denver is looking for mountain bikes, and we know that people in Denver love their mountain bikes, yeah. we, would, we would rank those, that content higher. And even to the point where if they're looking for a, a derailleur or a handlebar, we would default or bias mountain bike products that weren't specifically signaled as mountain bike products. And what we found is that more people went into the retail locations, more people actually bought them online because we were delivering content that was very, very locationally focused to, to, their, to, to an aggregate interest. Yeah. Um, another really interesting thing to tie to search is conversions. Specifically, if you're running um, retail, if you know what family of keywords convert well, you can bias those results. Yeah. And even if you don't need to bias those results, there's a lot of great little UI changes, such as adding a picture in the search results. Um, so there's, with that information, you can make really distinct, small, tactical changes yeah. in not just the way that the search the results rank, but the way that the results are displayed to increase recognition, awareness, uh, a perception of value, and ultimately conversions. Yeah. Now, on a kind of very higher level, mm -hmm. not really going into detail, how do I go about changing the results to be more biased for this? I mean, what are the mm -hmm. ways to go about doing that? Again, not technical, like very higher right. level, so people can go investigate that. So this is, this is really kind of the tricky part because there are a lot of different search platforms. Uh, I know that WordPress has some plugins that, that do search. Yeah. Um, if you're running with a particular uh, e-commerce platform, one of the ones I know, um, like IBM's WebSphere, yep. like they come with search. So a lot of e-commerce platforms come with search plugged in. Yep. There are other, other search um, options, such as the Google Search Appliance, which is different than Google Custom Search. Yeah. Um, the Google Search Appliance is you know, a, a physical box that you run on, and it's how Google used to make money before they went into advertising. Yep. And then there's um, Apache Solar, which is um, it's an open source uh, search solution. And the great thing about Solar, the good thing, the bad thing about like the Google search lines versus Solar is that the GSA, you plug and play. Yeah. And there's a little bit of tuning, but not a lot because the magic is really within Google's box. Uh, with Solar, you got to be much more, you have a lot more kind of knobs and levers you can change to, do, to fine tune relevancy. Yeah. Um, but Industry-wide, especially in retail, probably with the exception of Amazon, they don't do a lot of kind of relevancy tuning. Yeah. Um, and there's, and I break it down into two distinct sections of being able to fine tune, influence rankings internally. 
One is by um, modifying the content. Yeah. Um, and that's done through on-site on content, you know, good title tags, and just the really basic stuff of SEO. Yeah. Um, if you've got good meta tags, fantastic. If you start noticing that um, people are looking for something specific, then add that to the content, add that to the metadata. And since we know that you know, Google, Bing, Yahoo, they don't really look at the meta keyword tags anymore, but internal search engines do. So my argument is don't ignore the meta keyword tags because Google ignores it. Um, use them because your internal search engine will pay attention to it. Um, and then there's the, the technical side where you manually influence um, relevancy and you can, you can boost results, you can suppress results. Yeah. Um, if you have different types of content, video, articles, uh, infographics, things like that, yeah. you can separately weight those. Weight them a little bit weight higher, higher or lower. Higher or lower, exactly. So that's from a high level, that's, that's what yeah, you can that, do. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, now, in a retail presence, mm -hmm. so I, I used to own Organize.com. Mm -hmm. We're a big e-tailer. E we sold a lot online. And how are retailers using this, you know, search mm -hmm. to really, you know, influence what people are doing, what they're searching, and paying attention to that? Mm -hmm. well, that's it's a, it's a it's a really big question, and it's a really good and it's a really interesting um, subject. So there's your your basic retailers who use internal search for customers, and they want to find something. Yeah. Another thing that they do is call is uh, is filtering. So if you go on any of the major retail sites, you'll search for product X, you'll search for X, yep. and then there are the filterings of, you know, brand, price, yeah, size, yeah. shipping, yep. things like that. So that's a really successful way of, of, of being a force multiplier to just the query. Um, and retailers who kind of, who understand the hierarchy of their products and where the product lives in relationship to other different types of products, brands and things like that. That's where retailers are, are really succeeding. Yeah, um, making making bucks online. Right, um, but at the same time, the the quantity the, the challenge with that is, the more time you spend filtering, the, it, it increases the time between query and consumption or yep. query and conversion. Yeah, and kills conversions on mobile. Right, <laughs> oh, exactly. And so if if you get the search right the first time, they they check out faster, they're happier faster, and this is one of those things where. A really good search is not noticed. People don't people don't don't go to a website and say, "Oh my goodness, this search is amazing." Mm -hmm. They say, yeah. "Oh my god, I can't find anything that I'm looking for, and the search results are completely irrelevant." And why are there foreign language results in, in these? And so they, they they notice it when it fails, and yeah. they don't notice it. And so you want to be that invisible force that makes people that doesn't upset people. Yeah. Um, now, uh, we're talking a lot about localization and personalization mm -hmm. um, in search, but how does that vary in different markets, for example, different countries mm -hmm. and different results as far as that? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle kind of personalization first. Okay. Um, and this is, this is a little bit kind of complex to set up, but once you set it up, it's actually really powerful. Yeah. Um, so as a retailer, I would like... I have a customer, and if I track what that customer purchases, um, I can I can infer a lot of information about what they have and what they like. Yeah. And so, in so a good example in the, in the software industry, 
if I sell, you know, three pieces of software and they're all, let's say, Linux-based, and then they come back to my site and then they search for a particular, let's say they want looking for a, um, um, an audio program. Yep. So because they've, they've purchased Linux material before, yeah. then I would bias Linux audio software yeah. because yep. of their profile. Okay. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a little tricky and it's a little more difficult to do, but when you get it, yep. the results are fantastic. So yeah, you're giving to, the customer exactly what they want. And they don't have to think about it. Yep. Um, for localization, it's it's really kind of interesting because there are there's a lot of it, that's when it gets a little tricky because there are different laws and regulations and uh, software software that works in the United States doesn't always work in other countries. Um, I used to work in I used to do some video game marketing in which um, titles that were sold in the U.S. were were banned in other countries and so yeah um, it gets a little trickier when it comes to internal search. There's our there are issues in which you know this this can be found, this can't be found, so that gets a little tricky. Mm -hmm. um, but also when it comes to foreign language, you know, there's most search engines understand foreign languages. Yeah. Um, and when it works, when you know that the the location is, you know, in a, in a different language speaking, one of the ways you, you don't always want to default to the 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 location in. Um, the location's na uh, native language. Yeah. Sometimes you want to say, we're no sometimes you might get a little message that says, we notice that you're from that you're in this country. Would you like to switch it to this language? Yeah. Or if there's any kind of profile information, having a default language set in the profile. Um, so those are ways that you can do that. And the more that the more that the search, the more that the internal search talks to the profile, and the more that it talks to the internal data that you've collected, uh, the better the search results are going to be, or at least the more relevant and recognizable the search results are going to be. <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds like I have a little bit of work to do on my site, and uh, a lot of our readers do as well. Thank you, thank you very much for your time, JP. And uh, my name is John Rampton. Thanks for listening to another uh, Marketing Nerds show. We'll see you next time. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.